It's time for the movie raid, and tonight's victim is actor producer Peter Anthony. That is currently in Friday Thirteenth: Vengeance. Hello. What's going on, buddy? So, tell me a little bit more about your character in Friday Thirteenth: Vengeance. I'm playing uh, a character called Ken Slate. I'm part of the prison chain gang. So there's about I don't forgot the exact number, but about six, seven of us on the chain gang, and I'll be in the uh, orange DLC scrubs, and we have an encounter. Jason Voorhees. Nice, nice. Now, has this group actually, do they have actually have some screen time, or is, uh, are these guys, including yourself, victims, or is that going to be a surprise for us? We'll, we'll all have some screen time. I'm actually the lead prisoner, so I think I have a little more screen time at the end, and I have a big battle with Jason Voorhees, our Jason Brooks plan. So it's pretty epic. We've got a kill lined up for me and that. That's going to take some uh, molding. going to be very good. As far, as far as popularity goes, this is already becoming a, a mass popularity with, with fans of Friday the 13th. Do you think this is a, a really good breath of fresh air to the Friday 13th fans. Do you think this is really a special thing for the, the fans themselves compared to all the films that's already been leased over the last billion decades? Yeah, I, I do. I think because, as you know, the litigation problem Friday 13th and the studio's not wanting to put out movies. And now, who knows? I mean, it's been since, what, 2009 since we had a movie and now with issues with Victor Miller and the lawsuits. Who knows when we're going to get one? And the fans are, are pissed. And uh, I think it's a great time. That's why you're seeing all these fan films pop up. And as far as ours differentiating itself, man, do we have a story. I, I, we have parts of the story that fill in canon that nobody ever talked about before. What happened here? What happened with Jason here? What, what happened with Elias, the father? As you know, Elias is in the movie played by C.J. Graham. And it is just so well written by Mike Mead and directed by Jeremy Brown. And it, it's just, I'm so excited I, I can't even talk about it. <laughs> Can you tell us the, the location where this is actually taking place? Uh, multiple locations. The main location as far as the campground and such is out, just outside of Seattle, Washington. The scenes with Steve Dash, those were filmed in Florida, uh, close to his home at a police station. And I don't know, there might be a third location just for, for another actor, but mostly it's in the Seattle area. Are we going to the traditional route? Are we going to have the uh, the sex scene as well? Is this totally, completely a little outworldly compared to all the other ones in the past? Yeah, it's going to have a sex scene for sure. Uh, I know uh, of that one. R written very well. It's written very smart, and it's, I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Now, the cast keeps on growing. I mean, uh, how many people has already been signing up to this project already? We got uh, Steve Dash, uh, may rest in peace, played uh, Officer Realty. CJ Graham, legendary CJ Graham from Fire 13th Part 6. He's playing Elias Voorhees, Jason's father, which was actually written into Part 6 and is written out and never in the final screening. We have Tom McLaughlin, the director of Part 6, who's uh, helping out. He does not officially yeah, and the fact that with this film compared to there are other films out there, others like one that's Voorhees. I mean, it seems like they're just popping up everywhere because it seems like they're almost retaliating because, like you mentioned, with, with the studio just not putting out any any new material for Friday Thirteenth. Because to me, you know, they're not allowing these independent filmmakers to give a, a fresh look without actually having to run the image or run the story or anything with Friday Thirteenth because this thing has been around forever and. There's so many people that love this film, that love Jason Voorhees, and wants to see him kick some ass again. And, and having these big, big-time companies, for some reason, they just like to screw it up. They'd rather just focus on the money part rather than the story and, and the, the outcome of everything. Yeah, especially the last one. So originally, it was supposed to be 2015. It was supposed to be the new one. Then it was pushed to 16 because of a new writer. Then pushed to 17. And I don't know if you remember, but the reason why they canceled it in 17 is because the movie Rings came out and did poorly and uh, we were just blown away we're like with rings has nothing to do with the fan base 
can't see Braden's having a poor uh, outing affecting Friday the 13th at all. I thought it was stupid because the game just came out. The game had much success. All these conventions now are doing photo ops with all the Jason. It, it seemed to have more buzz than ever. So we, we were pissed off. I'm sure you are too that they just kind of cut it on us like that. It, it almost seems they're just not caring as much anymore not really putting as much effort because they're so focused on these other projects that they have releasing trying to fuck, put money out that and then they just lose out money on the one thing that everybody really does want. I, I agree and the weird thing is that the 2009 film made $100 million and I think because of like you said Paramount and New Line not coming out with these films you have a small filmmaker like Blumhouse so look at them they've come out of nowhere and become a big dog now. I mean, they made the last Halloween remake, what was that, 10 million, 20 million they made that for? And look at how great that did. So, and Blumhouse just talked about wanting to make the new Fire 13. So I, I think that they wouldn't exist if what didn't happen, what you said didn't happen. If these big uh, studios were producing movies, they wouldn't have no room for the, somebody like Blumhouse or these fan films. It's almost like horror, sadly, is on the back burner sometimes for these studios. Right? And look at the conventions. These things are sold out. They're humongous. They're massive. There's more and more conventions from five years ago that I've ever seen. There was like a couple here and there. Now there's like 30 huge ones, you know, everywhere, even in Canada. It, I don't think that they understand that these fans are starving for this material, you know? They just don't get it, it seems. Yeah, and it's not just like just releasing the film just because of a trend, just because, you know, oh, well, it's an existing franchise. You think you're just going to make bank off it, but there's much more to that because with, with these fans emerging every year or being introduced to these older films, they want something fresh. They want something out there. I mean, that's, that's why we kind of have to look toward these independent filmmakers because it seems less is more and I mean that in a positive way right. no I agree but I think that's why the independent ones are, are thriving because when you you have the vision and the love and the dream of let's say the director the producer there's no one above them so if they say hey let's, let's gather some money let's do a kickstarter let's, let's make this movie they have the final say where even if you had that same kind of passionate director or producer you then have the studios at the end of the day and you're right they just want to make money so that dream, that vision gets killed, or, or if it's not slotted in the right month of the day for a release, they don't care. They're not, they think they won't make money, and they won't do it. Yeah, and, and you, when you see like franchises and sequels, I mean, they normally keep going, and then some of them do become more popular, and, and oftentimes they sometimes do become profitable. But do you think... Right going backward is really a, a better move for, for these companies to do because I've noticed a lot of these well-known franchises are going back. Like, they're squeezing in a sequel, but they're putting it in between existing sequels. I mean, do you think that's kind of lacking storytelling? I do. Um, do, you, do you mean remakes? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, remakes or a sequel, and they squeeze it in between two and three, and they literally ignore the rest of the saga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jason X was squeezed in. Uh, they even admitted that. They squeezed in the X what I did Freddy vs. Jason so yeah I, I agree it, it doesn't make any sense because you're trying to squeeze in you're scared to make a movie because you're scared to lose yet you put a weak product out just to squeeze it in to give the fans something right now I, in my lifetime 42 years old used Friday 13th fan I, I do not recall or remember a time where somebody wants a Friday 13th film more than now I, I definitely agree with you there. I mean, uh, Friday Thirteenth or even Halloween. I mean, look at look at Halloween now because now, in fact, you got John Carpenter coming back doing this. I'm like, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Some people may disagree. It's like, oh, great, we're going to no. I mean, not only that, you even got the original Nick Castle. Nick Castle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did, did, um, did you? If I may ask you a question, did you watch the new Halloween? What did you think? 
Uh, I've only been, unfortunately, I did not see the full version of that, but I've been seeing a lot of the trailers. And it, from what I saw, I mean, it looked pretty good. I mean, at first I was like, okay, is this basically just because you just want to do another Final Sam? But my, my reaction to the actual trailer of this Halloween film was the fact that why are we ignoring for the the rest of, of, of the <laughs> of the sequels? Why is this just suddenly squeezed in right after two? <laughs> I, mean, I don't, I don't, that's part I don't understand. It's like, I think this is a great battle, but I think it's so late, but you know, was it, is it deserving? Sure, but it was so late in the game it, it, you how, how are people supposed to follow the rest of the the saga here when you just squeeze this in behind the other ones right and that's either the third or fourth timeline for halloween because there's been different timelines for halloween there's the one with h2o there's the original one there's this one so there, there's like three or four different timelines that halloween is broken out to i agree i agree but i did like the the remake they played great homage to all the films in there i think they did it right Michael's very brutal in, the, in that one scene where they never cut. I, I liked it. Some people didn't like it, and I said, you can't expect it to be the original. You know, it's never going to be that, but as far as a Michael feel, I think it definitely had that. Yeah, presentation is, is a huge thing, but when, several ways of how it's presented. You know, you can present it, you know, the straight, old-school, horror-based, and sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't, or you want to do the more profitable approach and have someone famous and <laughs> stick him in the mess, and yep, that's it, and then try to make huge, have a, like an icon cast, and Honestly, in my opinion, man, that doesn't make the horror film just because you have a, a bigger, great talent that isn't really known in this type of arena. That, that's what's also great about our stars, about CJ and, and Steve. Uh, they forego their, their paychecks. They donated their paychecks to the Children's Hospital, and we, we were blown away by that. That was the first thing they did. They didn't even want money. They wanted to do this fan film. They wanted to do it for the fans, and they didn't want any money for it. So, I mean, it's a win-win with that. You know, how can you get better than that? It's, it's actually the Shriners Children's Hospital. It, it helps benefit the film and it also helps benefit of the charity of your choice and it helps everybody and, and it also gets the fans involved and when when you have that kind of passion when you have that kind of commitment which is very rare now when, when all these fans films keep coming out all these newer films and either bombing or make maybe be popular at the box office and that's it but when you when you have all those things involved that that makes the greatest film of all time man right, I, I agree and the passion is there I mean me and uh, Jason Brooks plays Jason Voorhees Jeremy Brown, the director, we talk daily. There's an app called Marco Polo, which is a visual app. We're constantly just going back and forth. I'm going back and forth with marketing ideas. Jason's throwing in ideas for the script. And uh, I don't know if you know, Mick Strong is a production designer. He was on um, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So we had him on set. So it just all of these guys have come together with their passion. And it's just every day we kind of grow and we get better. And we just finalized the script. It's like the fifth script because they keep getting better and better at it. So it's, it's exciting. It's an exciting time. It's you gotta take a break from these franchises. Like, okay, Friday 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, top biggest household names in horror and cinema in general, okay? But having to release films of, of these, like, every, let's say, two years or whatever, you're exhausting the entire thing. You're exhausting the character. You're not making the character or characters or even the storyline as interesting anymore because what you're doing is you're just you're just milking it so much to the point where it's it's just not interesting anymore. It's just, okay, so what? He's going to get killed? Okay, he's not going to get killed this time? Okay, it's the same thing over and over and over. It's too repetitive. I mean, take I a try, break. That's why they try to change it up with, like, Jason and Space and stuff, and it just fails. I think I, I, you're right. At some point, they lose material. They don't know where to go with it. Yeah, and that's why, like, with 
Friday Thirteenth Vengeance from from the buzz with this. This is I consider this as like an in between in between the films because you don't know exactly pinpoint where it's at. You know, it's like in between, let's say Jason Lives, right? Because of the look of the film uh, or or someone else. But it, it's almost like it's a new chapter that we've never seen before. And, uh, we are going to jump around in timelines. Yeah, and I love that. I mean, keeping it interesting like that rather than just a straightforward sequel. But again, with sequels coming out, it's not a sequel anymore. It's, you're just reliving the exact same moment and reliving the, the exact same thing. And, of course, there's a whole... You always, I'm sure you've always seen or heard the word nostalgia every time. Or nostalgic. Well, that's good, but it's also bad at the same time because now you're just putting it put in there as a uh, product placement now. <laughs> I agree. And I know Jason and Mike Mead and Jan are huge on that. Why is this character in here? What do they add to the film? How is it part of the arc? Where are they going? Do they have meaning? Do people care about it if they live or die? Yeah, and, and sometimes even the bigger studios try to focus a little bit too personal on on, the, on these icons like Jason. Because with Jason, we get a glimpse of, of what happened. Okay, we know about Pamela. We know a little bit about the father. But sometimes the mystery is really what makes it more interesting because here's jason here here's a, a bona fide killer okay who was brought back from the most <laughs> most powerful voodoo in the face of the planet and all he does is kill and and, and I'm, I'm assuming that's all he thinks about is his mom telling him kill 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 no matter what you know, whoever steps into that area and that's what he does that's and, and he's he gets becomes more efficient and i've said this before as well that it's an evolution of jason he learns as he goes. He like in the earlier films, you see him kind of screw up on the second film. You see him jump on this chair, and he was going to go ahead and stab the the girl in the bed, and he he falls right through the chair. So, yeah, that was a great scene. <laughs> she pees herself under the bed. It was yeah. it's funny because you have fan bases that I agree more like you, but they don't want to know the story of the killer. Some do like it, but I uh, but I agree. Like that's why a lot of people didn't like the Rob Zombie Halloween remake, where you saw him as a child. I thought it was okay, but a lot of people just hate it. They almost just want to see him as a machine, like you said, like Jason, just a just a one-minded, one-track killer, and that's it. Like like with Leatherface, for example. Okay, pretty much by now, at least I want to say safely that uh, everyone knows what his story is. But at the same time, every time they release a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, guess what? It's the exact same persona. We know what he does. We, they, every film that comes out for Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, every it just shows a little bit more of, of the other face. Like, but that's all it ever ends up as. It never goes any further than that. That's why I think you have to have great character development around characters like that. So like a Leatherface, he doesn't speak. So, you know, in the original one, you had to stand in the family was badass and scary and crazy. And then he was just an addition to that. You know, I don't like when they make him the whole film because he doesn't talk. So you don't know what he's really feeling or what's going on. And I think, like you said, it gets mundane. It's just like a Brock Lesnar, let's say, in wrestling. He's not a great talker. So what happens? He has his manager come out and talk for him. Same kind of thing, I think. I think it's a build. That's why the original Halloween's, I'm sorry, Friday the 13th was so great. Because you had a Jimmy, you had, you know, a Tommy Jarvis, you had these other people that you cared for that were part of the whole lineage of the movies. I think if you just have the, the killer by himself with no one that you care about or is not part of the storyline, then it doesn't really matter. It doesn't scare you. It's not as interesting. Well, we got some fan questions right here, right now. So, we're going to start with Joseph Caban. What do you consider before looking for people to invest in a film? I guess in this one with the Kickstarter, the way that we're trying to reach a fan base is, is to win over the fan base. So, with our investors, which is basically the Kickstarter, we were trying to tell our story to them. We said, listen, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. These are the people we landed. Uh, we care. We love the series. We care about the fans. We love the fans. I, I think we interact with the fans more than other fan films, if I may say so. Just we personally care. I write to them. They write to me. They give 
process of, that me and Jason and Brooks were trying to do is to win the fans over with honesty and not gimmicks and not, not bullcrap. So, and then it's funny because the way we did it is we started to get real investors. And Joe Caban's one of them. He's phenomenal. He, he was a large Kickstarter backer. Sean Lautzis and others, once they saw what we're doing, Sean Lautzis was one of the guys who got the $10,000 back. And we had other guys, $2,000, $5,000, $10,000. They saw what we were doing, and that was our goal. Let's give them a real Fire 13 product that they can love, that they can that they want to be in. Because some of those perks are the actual people in the movie. And uh, I think we succeeded with that. Kelvin asks, aside from Friday 13th, what other horror franchises would you be given a try? Man, you know. You know what the one is. I, I'd say, I, as far as me personally, Halloween, I think that I, Jeremy Brown and Jason Brooks and everybody involved, Jewel, uh, I think everybody would be fine with Halloween. I mean, how could you have a problem with going there? I mean, if we didn't make a sequel to this one, I think if the team got back together, then Halloween would definitely be something we would want to tackle. Now, Kelvin also asks, what more should fans expect after Friday the 13th Vengeance? As far as us as a group? I'm assuming as far as in general, uh, once the film is completed. Well, as far as a sequel, I think that's what they want to do. I, I, I don't know for sure. Uh, Jeremy Brown's the mastermind behind that. But as far as merchandise and stuff, once the film's released, we're going to have uh, Blu-rays. We're going to have more merchandise as we go. Indiegogo Bell for the fans. More rewards, a premiere, all that down the road. But as far as filmmaking... It's up to the master, Jeremy Brown. So it, what he wants to do next, if he decides to bring me back on, that'd be great. I'm sure the whole team would love to work with him again because we're really hoping it's successful. And like I said, if he wants to make a, a sequel to this, we're down. If he wants to go to something else like Halloween, I think we're down. But I, I think his heart is in Friday 13. But I guess time will tell. Tim Cecil, would you ever be inclined to help produce other Friday 13 films or just the current one you are with? I've been asking approach to others do help uh, the one we talked about before we went on air now also but I really don't want to it's so time consuming I don't want to let anybody down I don't want to fail anybody I would definitely be interested in help produce other um, fan films and horror films in the genre once this uh, project is complete uh, Josh Johnson asks, how does it feel to share the screen with the likes of horror icon CJ Graham and the late Steve Dash, and how stoked are you to be added to the countless list of Jason Voorhees victims over the years? <laughs> Josh, it's such an honor. I mean, as a child, I grew up six years old, I'd be wearing the Jason mask in my basement. And as, as you know, back in the day, to be a horror fan like that, you were weird. You were an outcast. It's not as sexy, quote unquote, as it is today. And it's not so mainstream. It's almost like you were a goth kid 20 years ago. So it was almost like you were weird. So to grow up like that and then meet my idol, Kane Hodder, and become friends with him, and then Jason Brooks bring me on, on board for this movie, and then work with and talk to him on the phone with Steve Dash. And I didn't shoot with Steve Dash in Florida, but I know Jules did. Dustin went down, and Jason, and then I have a scene with Elias coming up with CJ Graham. It's like, it's funny, because me and Jason will talk, and then you got to pinch yourself. You're like, is this even happening? <laughs> I can't believe this is even happening. So I almost don't want to go there with my mind, because I don't want to just like lose it and become like a crazy thing, doing my job and focusing. But it, it's amazing. And what's more amazing is that people like what we're doing. It, it's like they get it that we're doing it for them, and everyone seems to like the direction we're going and the things we're doing with the film and how we involve the fans. So that's like a win-win, because I'm a fan. That's what I want. And as far as being killed on screen, man, I went back to the gym, me and Jason. See, Jason Brooks, our Jason, he's 6'5". I'm only about 5'11", but I'm, I'm fairly stocky. So uh, we, we choreographed the scene out where me and him are going to go at it for a while. It's going to be a big battle of bad guys. Of course, I'm going to lose. 
decided to die on camera by Jason. I mean, it's almost like, hey, I can die now. <laughs> I've died on camera to Jason. Uh, what else is there accomplished in life? Well, go ahead and plug in any websites or any projects, and go ahead, please. Uh, oh, you even got a convention coming up of Friday 13th Visions. Isn't this uh, your first fan-made one? Yes, uh, we have New Jersey Horicon coming up, I believe. Forgive me. It's March 29th, 30th, and 31st in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And we'll have a table there. And there'll be a bunch of us there. Uh, me, Jason Brooks, Jules, Dustin, forgive me, the Bugsy from the Friday 13th, the video game. He'll be there. He's also in our movie. Uh, forgive me because there's others that are missing. But there'll be a bunch of us. I think more people signed on. So I think there might be like uh, eight or ten of us there. Sean Waltz will be there. He's a big producer, backer. It'll be fun. It'll be cool sitting at a table sitting there. Your heroes are sitting around you doing the same thing. Well, I mean, we want to get you down to New Jersey Oregon. What, what's the odds of that happening? <laughs> Um, uh, how well can you, you know, you know steal a car? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I'm not good at stealing cars. I'm sure I can find someone for you. But, you know, uh, yeah, man, it's an open invitation to you. I mean, uh, <laughs> you can stay with me. I think I'm getting a suite down there. So if you make it down there, that'd be great. Oh, man. You can imagine, like, that'd be, like, an all Friday 13th horror, like, Comic-Con type deals. Like, everyone's dressed like either a victim of Jason or Jason Voorhees. I mean, that'd be crazy. Yeah, especially because you haven't met some of them or any of them. So uh, it'd be great for you to go down there. New Jersey Horicon, and then we're going to be at, we don't have a table, but we're going to be, me and Jules Valencia are going to be at Monster Mania. And a bunch of the fans are going to go. I think that gentleman, uh, Tim, uh, that that gave a question will be there. And uh, we're going to have a huge giveaway. We actually have a, a gentleman who is going to be our vengeance, Jason. So we're giving him a mask, and he's making the whole outfit right now. So when they do the, the cosplay contest that night, we're going to have a Vengeance Jason in that contest, and hopefully he wins. Well, there you go. Uh, any any additional websites or anything that you want to share? Just uh, the Vengeance site on uh, Facebook. We have the Vengeance site on Instagram. We have a, a, a Twitter, and I think everybody pretty much knows about it. That's it. we got to get you to a show. Yes, yes. It's a must. It's a must. You know, I don't, I don't want to go to Metallica. No, I'd rather go to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, everyone. This is actor, producer, Peter Anthony. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.